You've been listening to amazing music here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Coming up next, JM Sunday with Matis Weingast here at NahumSiegel.com.
Today is the 25th day in the month of February, the 16th of Adar, Rishon. And uh, we're glad you could join us this morning. It's a bit chilly outside of our studios here in uh, north central Jersey. It's 22 degrees outside, but sunny. Expected to be sunny all day long and uh, going up to a high of 43 degrees. And then tonight down to a clear 22 degrees once more. In Jerusalem right now, 61 degrees and clear, going down to 46 and clear. Glad you could join us. Hope you had a wonderful Shabbos and a wonderful week that passed. Thank you, Avrami, for taking care of things last week. Much appreciated. If you're studying Dafyomi, big week. Today it's Babakama, Kuftes Vav 115. But uh, Baba Kama ends on Thursday, big Siyum on Thursday, and Baba Matsya begins on Friday. Great time to join in if uh, you are not already doing so. Rabbi Goldwasser coming up at 7.30. Uh, Hannah Julian with the news from Israel coming up at 8 o'clock. And then at 8.15, we'll be joined by a special guest, Rabbi Moshe Kohn. He is the head of the Jewish World Section in the International School for Holocaust Studies of Yad Vashem in Jerusalem. And uh, we'll be talking about, uh, of course, the continued importance of Holocaust education and the upcoming programs for educators that he oversees. We'll find out when they are and who you would be looking for as a good fit for those programs. I believe he'll also be here in the United States in uh, in this area in the coming weeks, so we'll find out about his schedule. So we're looking forward to that at 8.15 this morning. In the meantime, we're going to go to music right away with uh, Tic Tac from her file. We're also going to hear Yonatan Razel, Lenny Solomon in the next half hour, and uh, great, great music. We're here till 9 o'clock in the morning, right here on JM Sunday, on the Nachum Siegel Network. Kamti Mugdam, Patachti Tanaim Lefanecha Melecha Olam, Chiachti Lashamaim Vareka Mitnagel Limushlam, Vanik Mokulam, Mechapesta Solam, Tizra <laughs> 
קשון מתקתק טיק טק טיק טק קשון מתקתק טיק טק צ'יק צ'אק קשון מתקתק טיק טק טיק טק קשון מתקתק טיק טק צ'יק צ'אק קשון מתקתק טיק טק טיק טק קשון מתקתק טיק טק צ'יק צ'אק קשון מתקתק טיק טק טיק טק קשון מתקתק טיק טק צ'יק מאוחר לא נרדם, השעון בחדר שלי קרוסלה לא נרגע. חזרתי להוציא שירים מול הלב כי נתרפק, לא הזמן תרופה, שזו רק תקופה, לא לא. תוציא אותי להעיף מהתנור זה חם, ים בפרפרים הם מזרימים את האדם, תשוקה שמתלקחת לי בלב כבשון, פתחת לי את הדלת מלחלום ישן. שלום יברח לי החיים מתחת לשולחן תדאג שיצוין אני בפור עברתי את המבחן נכון הוא זז מהר שום זה סטופר שדוהר אל תדאג אני אספיק למצוא חסר ולחבר קשון מתקתק טיק טק טיק טק קשון מתקתק טיק טק צ'יק צ'אק קשון מתקתק טיק טק טיק טק קשון מתקתק טיק טק צ'יק צ'אק קשון מתקתק טיק טק טיק טק קשון מתקתק טיק טק צ'יק צ'אק קשון מתקתק טיק טק טיק טק קשון מתקתק טיק טק צ'יק
doing all they can. Then they took many hostages and they used them as pawns to trade them for terrorists who have done us wrong. Oh, they're weeping for the killers with sympathy. children shooting from their schools and they set up in their hospitals with no regard for rules they justify their actions as we have no right to survive but they'll hide out in their tunnels to try and stay alive oh they're weeping for the killers with sympathy profound they say that And the media and the students in the lights How can educated people not know wrong from right? And the marching and the screaming And the tweeting and the texts Don't you know what's coming? They're coming for you next Oh, they're weeping for the killers With sympathy profound They say that
mort מסתכלות בעיניים, מציירות חיוכים. תמונות של ים מול שמיים, נופלות אל המים, שוקעות בגלים. אהובי, 
תגיד לי שהיית חזק שלא נפלת לרגע בשבי הפחד לא לקחו לך את האמונה אהובי תגיד לי שנשארת חזק שעלית כמו מלך למעלה שזה רק הגוף שנשמט ולא הנשמה לא הנשמה יבקש עליי ולא אשמע עוד רוחות מספות שמישהו יעשה לי די יעבור להמתיק את הדמעות תמונות שאספתי בינתיים משפילות לי עיניים אסורות במילים תמונות של ים מול שמיים ואני פה בינתיים נלחם בגליל אהובי, תגיד לי שהיית חזק שלא נפלת לרגע בשבי הפחד לא לקחו לך את האמונה אהובי, תגיד לי שנשארת חזק שעלית כמו מלך למעלה, שזה רק הגוף שנשמט. ולא הנשמה, לא הנשמה, לא הנשמה, לא הנשמה, Music uh, from Asaf Harush here on JM Sunday. Coming up in uh, just a moment or so, Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, Hannah Julian will join us, God willing, at 8 o'clock with the news from Israel, live and in English, taking place. About half an hour from now. Great programming, of course, continues all day long <clears throat> once our show ends at 9 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, coming up at 8.15, we'll be joined by Rabbi Moshe Kohn. He is the head of the Jewish World Section in the International School of Holocaust Studies of Yad Vashem in Jerusalem. We'll be talking about the continued importance of Holocaust education and upcoming programs for educators, among other things. So that'll take place in about 45 minutes from now. We also heard from Yonatan Reisel this past half hour and Lenny Solomon's amazing song, Simcha Friedman and DJ Farbreng. Uh, Jerusalem up mix there from uh, that, that single from, from him. Uh, let's see. It is, yeah, it's 7.30. That means at this time, each and every Sunday through Thursday, we present to you Rabbi David Goldwasser. Rabbi Goldwasser's words, Elizabeth Nishmas, Esther, 
Excuse me, <laughs> getting it in the right order. Lezecha Nishmas Zev, Ben Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Lezecha Nishmas Esther Bas Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We say in the Tfil of Shema Koleinu, in the daily Shemona Esrei, Hashem, hear our voice. We conclude, Umilfonecha Malkeinu Reikom Al Tishivenu. Do not turn us away empty handed. Even though we have already asked Hashem to accept our tefillos, with mercy and favor, we ask one more time, do not turn us away empty-handed. The Sefer Penine Tfila asks, why do we add this extra request in? The Kavana is that if we were not Zoycha, if we didn't merit that all of our tefillos should be accepted, we ask Hashem, that at least the chilek, a segment of our bakashos, should be accepted. This is also a tefillah for the mere fact that we have the schus to stand before the king of the universe to articulate our requests and our needs. There could have been a situation where Hashem would give the person everything that they need before we even turn to Hashem. The Talmud in Meseches Tainus compares it to a servant who wants to request a reward from the master. The master says, give it to them. I don't want to hear his voice. The fact that we are mispalo, that we should not return empty-handed, means that Hashem does not turn us away and welcomes our tefillos. He listens to our prayers and afterwards grants us what we requested. A few weeks ago, an elderly man was seriously injured in the bomb attacks at bus stops in Yerushalayim. When he was struck by the force of the explosion, although several fragments of shrapnel had to be removed, it was discovered later that the safer Tehillim that he had been carrying on his person prevented one potentially lethal fragment from piercing his body. The fragment had made it through the many pages of the Sefer, stopping at Parak Kuf Chavtalid by the Pasuk, Nafshenu Kitsipor Nimlata, Mipach Yogshim, Hapach Nishpar, Vanachnu Nimlatnu. Our soul escaped like a bird from the hunter's snare. The snare broke and we escaped. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser. Bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. להתמודד עם שינויים, ההרגלים הישנים, הנשמה במלחמה עם הקמה. עוד יבואו ימים טובים, אני מבטיח. עוד יבואו ימים טובים. גם בשעות החשוכות של הלילה, תמיד יהיה כוכב קטן שיעיר לך את עצמך. את הדרך הביתה, תמיד זה הכי חשוך לפני הזריחה. מיליון רכבות, דוהרות עד אוסטרליה. 
מחפש רחוק את מה שנמצא לך מתחת לאף כל מכשול זה מדליה קם ונופל אבל בדרך שלך להתמודד עם הפחדים, לקפוץ למים עמוקים, לשחות עד הסוף, להגיע לחוף עד הלילה. להאזין גם לשירים, כי זמרים הם הרופאים הכי טובים שיש למדע להציע. עוד יבואו ימים טובים, אני מבטיח. עוד יבואו ימים טובים, גם בשעות. החשוכות של הלילה, תמיד יהיה כוכב קטן שיאיר לך את עצמך, את הדרך הביתה, תמיד זה הכי חשוך לפני הזריחה. מיליון רכבות, דוהרות עד אוסטרליה, מחפש רחוק את מה שנמצא לך מתחת לאף, כל מכשול זה מדליה, קר ונופל אבל בדרך שלך. This message on from the only one To answer others as you'd want you 
And no matter what you do Not unto the nations By praising his name You're the master, the master Eternal master, your masterful plan It keeps us I'm Yisrael Chai
כמו השקט של הלילה והמחשבות עוד מהדהדות מתי, 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 מתי נגיע? מתי, מתי, מתי אל החוק? יום אחד אולי עוד נצליח להבין את הכל שבפנים בסוף זה יבוא, יבוא, בסוף זה כשישבנו, שיר אחד ששרנו, תמיד מאיר. תזיכרונות את כל מי שהיינו, גם כשטעינו, הלכנו שם בין התקוות. מתי, מתי, מתי נגיע? מתי, מתי, מתי אל החוף? יום אחד אולי עוד שבפנים בסוף זה יבוא, יבוא, בסוף זה יקרה, עוד נראה, ואז פה מתוך הלום, תשמע פתאום, כל עולה ממעמקים, בסוף זה יבוא ונעדר בכבוד על המרכבה 
ראשון לפני כיסו חסד רחמים מלא כבודו טובים מאורות שבאה יצרם בדם, בבינה ובהשכל, כוח וגבורה נתן בהם, להיות מושלים מקרב תבל. כוח וגבורה נתן בהם, להיות מושלים מקרב תבל. שמחים בצאתם, ששים בבואם, עושים נאמר רצון קונה, פאר וכבוד חיות ואופני
It is approaching 8 o'clock in the morning. We'll get to the news from Israel momentarily. My name is Mata Swinegast. I'm here with you on JM Sunday on this 25th day in the month of February, 16th day in the month of Adarishon. 22 degrees outside of our studios, nice and sunny, going up to 43 degrees and sunny. This week, it's expected to go up into the 50s and 60s. So uh, we, we look forward to that kind of weather, uh, certainly all, uh, all week long. But it'll still be cold in some areas, and it'll dip into the colder temperatures overnight. If you're studying Dafyomi, it's Babakama, Kuftesvav, 115. Big Seam taking place this Thursday on Babakama, and Baba Metziah begins, God willing, on uh, Friday. My thanks again to Avrami for taking care of things last week for me. Much appreciated. Unexpected uh, turn of events, but uh, everything was okay. Uh, so uh, we're going to get to the news from Israel and then a few more songs. And then at about 8.15, we're going to be joined by Rabbi Moshe Kohn, who's head of the Jewish World Section International Education and Training Department, International School of Holocaust Studies at Yad Vashem in Jerusalem. We'll be talking about uh, his upcoming visit to the United States and the uh, upcoming programs for educators. And we're also going to discuss, uh, I'd like to have a discussion with him, hopefully we can, of the ho importance of Holocaust education and certainly the continued importance of it, especially in light of what's been happening in the world today. So I look forward to that in about 15 minutes uh, from now. And uh, right now, let's make sure that we have uh, everything set up. It's time for our news from Israel. Hannah Julian, Middle East news analyst and senior correspondent at JewishPress.com, joins us Sunday mornings to bring us up to date on the latest happenings in the state of Israel. Good morning, Hannah Julian. Good morning, Mattis. IDF troops are continuing their operations in Gaza. This week, Israel's Givati Brigade began operations in eastern Khan Yunis, targeting Hamas infrastructure. Soldiers eliminated dozens of terrorists and located weapons and launchers. Troops returned fire when fire 
fired upon and killed two terrorists who were attempting to flee. A building search uncovered heavy arms that included grenades, rifles, and explosives. In another building used as a medical lab, troops uncovered a hidden rocket launcher and long-range rocket. Snipers also took out terrorists attempting to plant explosives near the soldiers. Yesterday, IDF soldiers arrested terrorists hiding among civilians who were evacuating Khan Yunus. The IDF also eliminated terrorists in central Gaza and located weapons and drone launch sites in Zaytun. Israeli Air Force aircraft struck Hamas aerial forces, hitting rocket launch sites. The operations come as the IDF maintains pressure on terror groups in the Gaza Strip. Further north, the Israeli military struck Hezbollah Hezbollah sites in Lebanon. That came after terrorists fired rockets towards Israeli territory, as they did today and every single day since the start of the October 7 war. Yesterday, Israeli fighter jets hit Hezbollah compounds and rocket launchers in southern Lebanon. Israeli forces struck Hezbollah military and weapons storage sites after IDF drones spotted the terrorists entering the sites. Israel says secondary explosions indicated there were large amounts of weapons stored at those sites. The strikes came in response to rocket fire from Lebanon aimed at the northern Israeli communities of Arab Alam Hanita and Hardov. Israeli military struck back at the sources of rocket fire in Lebanon. Since the morning hours today, Hezbollah has been firing rockets at Kiryat Shmona and at other communities nearby. In Europe, signs of hope emerged this weekend for a new prisoner exchange deal between Israel and Hamas. Israeli officials returned from talks in Paris reporting progress toward a deal to free the hostages and halt the fighting. Israel said Hamas dropped some demands but cautioned they're not there yet. Egypt, Qatar and the U.S. are mediating the talks. Israel's war cabinet discussed a potential hostage deal last night in a telephone meeting that came after the delegation returned from Paris. Officials say there's now a solid base for a plan and principles to move forward. Negotiators are waiting for a response from Hamas. Another Israeli delegation is set to travel to Qatar for further talks following the war cabinet discussion last night. Meanwhile, Hamas is warning that it has not changed its conditions for a deal to release the hostages. Tahir al-Nunu, a media aide to Hamas leader Ismail Haniya, is accusing Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of prolonging the war against Israel's interests. Al-Nunu says Hamas will not compromise on its demands to completely end the fighting, totally withdraw Israeli forces, and increase humanitarian aid to Gaza. A little closer to home, Israeli hospitals are battling a brutal winter season for illness. Israel's health ministry says this is the worst flu season to hit the Jewish state since 2019. Beds are scarce with some departments exceeding 128% capacity. In some places, patients are waiting more than 30 hours in triage for admission. Doctors cite low vaccination rates, new flu strains, and staff shortages due to the war as the cause for the overload.
On the good news front, the water level in Lake Kinneret, also known as the Sea of Galilee, now stands at just one meter below the upper red line thanks to the winter rains. Once the water reaches the upper red line, Lake Kinneret will be at full capacity. At that point, officials will open the Degania Dam to prevent flooding. So with that in mind, let's now take a look at the weather. No real change in the temperatures today. Partly cloudy skies clearing up in the afternoon. It should get a little warmer by tomorrow with partly cloudy skies again. Highs in Jerusalem around 60 degrees. Lows tonight in the mid-40s. Tomorrow you can expect a high of 66 degrees in Jerusalem. Lows tomorrow night around 50 degrees. Have a great week, everyone. Shavua Tov. I'm Hannah Julian for JM Sunday. That's our news from Israel. Thank you, Hannah Julian. We'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. We'll get back to the music in a minute. And then about 8.15, we'll be joined by Rabbi Moshe Cohen of Yad Vashem discussing various programs coming up uh, for educators and uh, talking about the continued importance, of course, of Holocaust education. We're here until 9 o'clock. Great programming continues all day long on the uh, all day long on the network. And uh, we're going to go next to Avram Fried right here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
Soldiers, his song, a uh, very moving song. And that followed News from Israel with Hannah Julian. It is 8.15 in the morning here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thanks for joining us. It is, uh, it is this time I had mentioned that we are going to be joined by Rabbi Moshe Kohn. Rabbi Kohn is the head of the Jewish World Section International Education and Training Department, International School of Holocaust Studies at Yad Vashem in Jerusalem. Rabbi Cohen, welcome to JM Sunday. 
Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate your joining us. Uh, Rabbi, we're certainly going to discuss your upcoming programs for educators that are offered by Yad Vashem and your upcoming visit to the United States to promote those programs and speak to various groups. But first, though, I want to ask you about about the following uh, regarding the situation that we have in the world today, uh, especially in the light of the state of the world we're in following the horrific attacks on October 7th and the subsequent ongoing war to destroy enemies. There has been worldwide reaction to what has happened, as there always is to anything that happens in Israel or to Israel or by Israel. We have countries that are enemies of Israel, and we know what they're going to say. We have some who are fair-weather friends, and there are those who are our staunchest allies, and the gamut of opinions are, you know, all over the place. But I want to talk about the reaction in the streets by literally millions of people around the world who, frankly, probably could not pick out the Gaza Strip on a map, know very little about the accurate history of the last 20 years in the region, and yet chant slogans like River to the Sea, anti-Israel slogans, and, in fact, most importantly, espouse overt anti-Semitism. How do you see the, the continued importance of Holocaust education, not only what happened during the Holocaust to learn about that, but what happened in the years leading up to that time. And how do you see the importance of that in helping us recognize something that uh, these generations have never seen before? It's Jewish tradition that history is the, is the, is the, the, the flashlight, if you will, that lights the way into the future. I think the Holocaust study is no different. We're living in an unprecedented time that's very precedented. Through the, through the study of the Holocaust, we're able to see times that, in many respects, reflect exactly what we're going through. And we learn from how did Jews respond then. We learn from strategies, those that were successful and those that weren't successful. And I think the message that comes through loud and clear is the Jewish people never were, nor will we ever be, victims. But we are people that thrive on life, that are resilient, and who know how to deal with catastrophe as a, a, a learning lesson, a... a uh, Many, many different ways that the Jewish people have in our past and continue right through the, the, the October 7th disaster to deal with the pain that's inflicted upon us and how it, it makes us stronger. So it's never more important than today. Absolutely. Uh, we see parallels, uh, like you said. Uh, but is it different now because, uh, I mean, you know, we live in an internet, internet age, we live in a communication age where everything is instantaneous. Uh, and uh, the parallels that we see of people in the streets, is it that many of them are uh, simply uneducated and, and therefore decide that when they hear something like, oh, so many people killed during the war in Gaza, they react from a certain uh, part of their emotional self? Or are we seeing that this is an opportunity for people who truly are anti-Semitic to express themselves without fear 
whereas there may not have been the same type of uh, gatherings prior to the Holocaust, or maybe you'll tell me that there were, but it seemed that during that time, uh, prior to the Holocaust, there was a nationhood and statehood that provoked all of these reactions. Everything you're saying is true. Yes, there are people who are out on the streets purely out of ignorance, and they could not tell you what river, they couldn't tell you what sea, they couldn't find Israel, Palestine, Gaza, they couldn't find it on a map. Even if they were the only things on the map, they couldn't find it. <laughs> you have people, though, and I believe the largest, the majority of the people, are quite clear about what they want. And it's, it is anti-Semitic. There's been very little civil political discourse. Very little. Because this is the fulfillment of a preconceived idea for them. The definition of genocide is the attempt to bring to fruition an existing plan for the total destruction of a people. That's what makes that's why there's such controversy in academic circles as to how we should categorize what has been going on. The people that are marching in the street I believe the majority of them are are significantly anti-Semitic. Why has this arisen now? Right, uh, a famous Irish politician once said that anti-Semitism sleeps lightly. Mm-hmm. It's always there. It's been always there. It will always be there, I believe. And and what we have to learn is how to deal with it. How to to it's not. Remember, Jews are not anti-Semitic. We're the we're the people that are the victims of that idea. How do we deal with that? Right. How do we thrive in the light of that? How do we let that not define us. Right, exactly. Uh, and, and another difference, uh, I would say, and maybe it's scarier, maybe it's not, you tell me, that again, like I mentioned before, here we have people who are able to go out and do their protests in the streets. And of course, we have pro-Israel protests also. I'm not diminishing that at all, and I'm glad we have that, of course, but it's not reported in the papers as much unless it's a huge event. So you have the freedoms that are allowed, let's say, in the United States and other countries where people may be uh, pushed to do this by groups that are funded by our enemies, frankly, and they are given funds to create signs and to create events. Uh, it's a little different than perhaps, like I said, pre-Holocaust, where it was the countries the countries themselves demanded it. Uh is that a are we in a better state because of our freedoms or or in a worse state uh, i think that there's been change of the freedoms you mentioned certainly are more plentiful than they've ever been. But remember, before World War II, we just celebrated the anniversary when tens of thousands of American Nazis gathered in and about Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm promoting Hitler, promoting anti-Semitism, condemning Jews. And that wasn't a state-sponsored anti-Semitism. That was individual people. Now, of course, it's more complicated. You have uh, nation-states that are sinking billions of dollars into Jew hatred, and that, that complicates it. On the other hand, we have Israel. <laughs> right. Israel is, is bad, as bad as it was on October 7th. We responded. Right. We responded in a way they'll never forget. Right, exactly. And, and I, yes, I'm sorry. I think the message is out there you can't kill Jews with without there being a price. Right. 
Right, exactly. And that's important. And that's not something that, unfortunately, you know, we had at the time of the Holocaust. Uh, and, and circumstances have changed in that sense for the better. All this ties in to the importance of education. Because, like we said, a lot of these people protesting out there are not doing so from a knowledge of, of the area. And as we see, and we read here in the United States, I'm sure you see it too, how schools, colleges, universities, even elementary schools are being, um, are, uh, students are being taught that Israel is, is the bad guy. Negativity from early ages that, that Israel is the oppressor not the oppressed, uh, or forget even oppressed, not just a country that is living and trying to live with everybody and, and is a, a super country technology-wise and freedom-wise. Uh, that education needs to begin, I'm sure you would agree, from the earliest ages, and we need to, to f watch what is being taught. Uh, I, I am sure you would agree with that and, and have suggestions on maybe how to go about changing that. Well, first of all, I think that there's different populations, and they're educated in different ways. The first responsibility, in my opinion, is we have to educate our own. Jewish people need to understand not only the history of Israel itself, but before Israel. How did we get here? How did the Jewish people evolve into what we now call the state of Israel? It's very important for us to know our history. And then for others, you have people who will, are not interested in knowledge, and their hate is vociferous, and, and they won't in any way uh, accommodate knowledge or material or things. That, on the other hand, you have people that are undecided. They don't really know the facts, and they admit they don't know. Those are the people we have to educate. And the way to do that is to make, I believe, to make people, Jewish people, ambassadors, if you will, to reach out to college campuses, to public high schools, to uh, acquaintances, to work workplace acquaintances, and to help them understand the facts. The facts are quite clear, and and they're almost undeniable. And and we just simply have to bring it out in a clear, concise way. This is what Yad Vashem is doing. We start pre World War II. Right by explaining what life was like in Poland, the pre-Jewish mm -hmm. world, right, and that is very much of a connection of a hemshech, if you will, mm -hmm. to what exists in Israel. Israel is very much the our political system and attitudes came into existence really at the time of of uh, um, Dreyfus. In the late 19th century, and and this is what we educate. We educate teachers with the idea that they should now go out and educate students. And our goal is to affect as many people as possible. Right, exactly. And and I think you know it's frustrating, especially. And I'm sure you're frustrated by it also when you when you see people who should know better, and yet are taking the wrong side on this, that are blaming Israel for everything, and that, you know, obviously not what happened on, on October 7th, although there are people who blame Israel for that, but who say, oh, you, you know, too much too much killing in, in of the Palestinians, etc., and then who 
compare it to the Holocaust and say, look what happened to Jews then, and and why are you doing this now, or you know, not trying to mitigate things, without the simple understanding that the Jewish people during the time of the Holocaust were not up, were not rising up against the the the. German population or or others and fighting them, it, it was totally different. You to me, you can't even begin to have a comparison like that. Would, would you agree with that? Of course, you can. <laughs> the the Holocaust is the wanton desire to eradicate a people. Mm-hmm. We don't want to eradicate anyone. Not the Palestinians. Not not the. We do want to destroy and disable a clear and present danger. Right, no country in the world can tolerate thousand over a thousand people being slaughtered in a day without a response. Only the Jewish nation, only Israel, is asked to withhold. Yeah, we shouldn't do. If we look at the history of war, the response has always been swift and significant, and that's what leads to a lasting peace. Right. Right. And, and and Hamas, for instance, in this case, is the enemy. They are the, uh, again, I don't like to throw out the terms, you might correct me, but they, to me, are the modern-day Nazis in the terms of what they want to accomplish. And it is not a question of, you know, I, I love these signs, free free Palestine. Okay, free Palestine from Hamas. And and what's telling is that now, over the last few weeks, and I'm, you're in Israel, you obviously have, have seen these, where you have Palestinians coming from Gaza who are now feel they can openly say that they did not want Hamas and and they were being killed if they were against it and and trying to make some type of peace now they're willing to say it without as much fear you know certain people in certain situations i agree you're you're 100% correct i still think the majority of the population voted for Hamas, and, and they, maybe they regret it. I hope they regret it. I hope they would like to pursue a, a relationship of peace. Um, I think the dream that Israel is going to go out of existence is just fantasy land. Mm-hmm. And, and until that is, is, is obliterated, until the people realize that Israel is here to stay, we have a right to a homeland, and this is our homeland. And when that simple message is absorbed, there's a possibility. Until that happens, we have to do what we have to do to make sure it doesn't happen again in two years. Right, exactly. Uh, And it's interesting, when you said the word vote for Hamas, I I put that in quotes because— you know, if you really read and, and understand what happened during that time of, of voting and, and and the understanding of the differences between the Hamas and, and, and the Palestinian Authority and all of that, which most people have no idea about, even even our own people, to really understand why that is such a big part here and, and the two sides, you know, play off each other sometimes. But, you know, it's a question of did they actually get a, a a clear vote, a, you know, a non-coerced vote. And then as soon as they came into power, and this is where education comes in, as you well know, the books from an earliest age in, in Gaza and Palestinian Authority even promote anti-Israel, promote that it's okay to kill Jews. From the earliest, earliest age, we're talking about as soon as they can read, as soon as they can hear, as soon as they can understand something, one, you know, first grade or whatever it is. So you're talking about a 17-year period of educating 
hundreds of thousands of children to to believe there was this. A, a mom. Right. There was a, a mom who was interviewed uh, in, in Israeli media, and he was talking to like a camp mm-hmm. of little kids, six years old, seven years old. And he says, the reason we'll win is because the way the Jews feel about life, he says, we feel about death. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible <laughs> statement. Yeah. It's an incredible statement. But I do have hope. Just like after World War II, there was the Marshall Plan, right. that if you will, denazified an entire continent to a certain extent, right? I believe it's possible to re-educate, um, but it's going to take a lot of work, and it's going to take a lot of time, and it's not going to be easy. Right, and the problem is that we don't have a worldwide group of countries standing up and saying we are committed to rebuild the country, help with a non-military government. You know, they're not standing up now and saying that. You know, whatever Israel states, right. the Israel government says, this is what we want to do afterwards. Where is everyone else to say, we will, we will ship in you know, 10 billion cubic feet of, 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 of uh, cement to rebuild? You know, advisors, it's not there. It's almost like, let's see what happens. Let's see who actually comes out the winner here. And then we'll decide what to do. And those are what I call like the fair weather friends. Rabbi Moshe Kohn, head of Jewish World Section, International Education and Training, Yad Vashem. Uh, When it comes to education, as you just said, it's extremely important. What do you do in terms of, for instance, the summer programs that are coming up or other uh, seminars that are around through Yad Vashem for educators to learn about the Holocaust, and how to teach about the Holocaust? Well, our main focus, our main, our Rolls-Royce program is the summer seminar, usually anywhere from eight to ten days, and we run different seminars for different types of teachers. For example, we run a seminar for yeshiva or for Jewish day school teachers. We run a seminar for teachers in Jewish supplemental schools, for informal educators, for educators on college campus. And what they do is they teach responsible history. They teach up-to-date pedagogy on how to bring this message across without traumatizing our students, allowing them to learn and to strategize and to apply. And we teach them a a, a certain uh, recognition that within history, there there are strategies and perhaps even answers for current and future conditions. And I'm coming to the States in order to promote specifically the Jewish Day School program and the Supplemental Educators program. And we have meetings. uh, We're coming in as part of a a program uh, that's being run through Yeshiva of Flatbush, uh, where we'll be running different programs for different groups uh, on, on several consecutive days. And, and then we're traveling around uh, to different synagogues and, and schools, et cetera, to, to speak to teachers and students if they wish and, and to interest them in understanding that it, the study of the Holocaust can be a great source of strength and pride and will build Jewish identity and will build a sense of, of Jewish brotherhood and camaraderie. When are you going? It's not the only thing we need. Right. What? When will you be uh, coming in, and how can people reach you? 
Uh, okay, I'm arriving in the United States on on uh, ne- next Sunday, Sunday the third, mm. uh, and I'll be there till the thirteenth. The best way for people to reach me, I don't have my uh, cell phone number there, but they can email email me. Okay, and my my email is Moshe M O S H E dot Cone C O H N no E at or as we say in Israel, strudel, <laughs> right? Yad Vashem, one word, yadvashem.org.il. Okay. And then I will get back to them immediately. Okay, great. And uh, when you go to these schools, uh, are you trying to both educate and uh, get people to join the programs? And, and tell us a little bit about the specific programs that you offer during the summertime. Well, we let's say we offer these the um, supplemental educators for youth groups and Hebrew schools, etc. That's July eighth to the sixteenth. It's highly subsidized. Uh, highly subsidized. Uh, Yad Vashem covers m- most of the program, with the exception of uh, plain fare. And it's for teachers. It's for anyone who teaches in a, a Jewish school, okay. uh, a part-time Jewish school. And then on July 29th to August 7th, we're doing our program for Jewish day school teachers. And that's for any teacher who's teaching in a Jewish day school yeshiva seminary. And, and um, again, it's very highly subsidized, and it's, uh, people get a lot out of it. They've told us uh, that it's life-changing because it, it allows them to understand, to express their own understanding, to question, and get good answers from everything from, you know, what happened the day Hitler was elected in Germany in 1933 all the way to post-Holocaust theological discussion. Where was God during the Holocaust? And everything in between those diverse subjects. And, and of course, we also now uh, speak a, a great deal about contemporary anti-Semitism, uh, our suggested approach to it, and, um, of course, what happened in uh, October, October 7th. Right. Uh, do you... it, put, it put Israel in great trauma. Yeah, of course. What? Do you uh, find that you have had a greater interest in, uh, in in what Yad Vashem provides in general and, and specifically about education from uh, different walks of life than you might have expected since October 7th? This is the first program we're doing. During the war itself, when the war was raging, Right, no one was coming. Okay. So it was very we we couldn't run programs. This is the first one we're doing. We're finding that you know we're getting mainstream educators, people that have significant questions. How do they deal with their students? How do we answer what our students are asking? We're also finding that we 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 have applicants from very sincere people who just don't know how to understand what's going on mm. in in Gaza. And and that's we we look we look forward and welcome the opportunity to discuss with them and to 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 try to give them an approach that will work for them and their students. Wow, excellent. I believe at the on the Yad Vashem website there's a section for education and it includes information about the various programs and applications. Uh, so listeners Right, you got to dig there. for it because 
You know, it's a little bit hard to find, but you go to uh, electronic education and Jewish frameworks, and eventually you can find it. Right. Or you can email me at that thing, which is easier maybe. Yeah, then you can get a, uh, a list there. Now, speaking of the information that, that Yad Vashem provides, and because of what has been going on, uh, I don't know if you know this or someone else there would know this, but is there a relatively simple guide that someone could go to uh, that that kind of explains what's happened, puts certain things in perspective for someone who wants to, who, you know, may not be that familiar uh, and wants to, to kind of get some type of information. Do you have anything like that? Not yet. Okay. We're working on it. Okay. And good. it's just not ready to be published. Okay. Um, that's great. Thank you. I, I also want to ask a question about this regarding, again, Holocaust education. I think, uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, that in supplemental schools, even in day schools, the, the discussion, the teaching of Holocaust uh, history, and you had mentioned this before, that you, you try to teach this in a way that is not traumatic to the students, but you know, most of it has been, uh, we study the Holocaust, and it's a very uh, strong sentiment of, oh, um, I'm Jewish, and they attacked me, and they wanted to kill me, they wanted to destroy us, and sometimes that's all that the students are left with. They, they're not taught, and I think it's changed, but it, you know, if you figure out how much time can you spend on Holocaust studies versus what happened in the last 70 or so years since the founding of the state of Israel, you know, the one goes to the other. That requires a balance that has to be worked on, and I'm sure is continuing to be worked on. So it's not just that traumatic time that you have to learn about, that we need to know about, but also what's positive and, and moving forward. That's right. Those seem to, they should go together. Am I correct to a certain extent? They do. And you've identified a significant part of our philosophy, educational philosophy. And um, the Holocaust, again, is an opportunity to see the worst that ever happened in history, mm -hmm. but it's also the opportunity to see the best of the Jewish people, because there were many, 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 many heroes, many, many, many heroes in many, many different ways, in many, many different places. And we study them because at the end of the day, the story of the Holocaust is not a story about death. It can't be. You can learn nothing from death, but it can only be a story about life. How do we choose to live our lives in different circumstances and challenges. That's what Holocaust study is, because you can't learn anything from death. The story's over when, when you die. Right. It, and it's a story of survival, even though we had the Holocaust, even though we've had other tragedies. Survival. Like, right. Thriving. Right. Success. Think about it. In a matter of years, months, we went from being the most uh, uh, subjected people in the world to hate and to murder and to destruction, to establishing our own country. <laughs> right, exactly. It's unbelievable. Exactly. No one ever did anything like that. Right. And, and thank God, you know, we have the, the one above who, uh, who has guided uh, these things and, you know, has helped whatever anybody's thoughts are, you know, issues, like you said earlier about discussing uh, the uh, theological you know, concepts of the Holocaust. But uh, and I think this is where also people don't understand yet, and and many are learning through Yad Vashem, through other 
through other educational, uh, I guess, uh, you know, inquiries, that when you talk about the Holocaust, most people talk about what happened during the Holocaust, which is very important, not minimizing, God forbid, anything, but the camps, what had happened, how was the systematic play of, of the destruction, what happened there. Here, in modern time, we get to see, unfortunately, the attempted precursors of this. We know that so many of the people that protest, that talk against us now, are would love the same thing to happen. And and thank God, hopefully it's a, it's not going to happen. But we see the same people coming out and saying those type of things, and and that's I think important. Also, as you said, you talk about what happened pre Holocaust, pre the the times, and that's extremely important, I believe. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rabbi, I want to thank you. Um, any any final words? Any uh, thoughts? Uh, Thank you very much. I hope that people who are listening to this would be interested in the program. Reach out. We would love to have them attend. Uh, it's almost full, not quite. Uh, and uh, I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. It's a pleasure, Rabbi Moshe Cohen. The uh, best way to reach you is through your email, Moshe, M-O-S-H-E dot Cohen, C-O-H-N, at Yad Vashem dot org. Dot il. Much success, Rabbi. Thank you again for joining us and being a part of today's discussion. Thank you. Bye. It is uh, 8.45, a few minutes um, before 9 o'clock. We're going to uh, get back to a little bit of music here and um, and then finish up the show. Here is, let's see, who are we having up uh, next? Uh, Akiva, here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. Chao <laughs> I know Chazay, 
עד שהחלוף, כי אני יודע בכל זאת אתה איתי, אני לא לבד כאן, לא לבד כאן. להחזיק חזק, עד שיעבור הזר, עד שיחזור אתה, לא להתייאש מהנפילה, קם ומתחיל מההתחלה. עד שיקרע הים, אני לא מוותר הפעם, כי מה שהיה היה, להתחיל מההתחלה. אני יודע בלילות הכי קרים, אני לא לבד כאן. לא לבד כאן, וגם אם מסביבי גלים עוד נשברים, אני נשאר כאן, אני נשאר כאן. אני יודע בלילות הכי קרים, אני לא לבד כאן, לא לבד כאן, וגם כשמסביבי גלים עוד נשברים, אני נשאר כאן, לא לבד להחזיק חזק. נשמה שנתת בי, טהורה היא, אלוהם. נשמה שנתת בי, טהורה אתה בראתה, אתה יצרת, אתה נפחת בי, ואתה משמרה בקרבי, ואתה עתיד נתלה ממני, ולחזירה בלעתיד לבוא. כל זמן שהנשמה בקרבי מודה אני לפניך, כל זמן שהנשמה בקרבי, מודה אני לפניך. אדוני אלוהי ואלוהי אבותי, ריבון כל המעשים, אדון. 
ריבון כל המעשים אדום כל הנשמות אלוהי נשמה שנתת בי תהוריי אלוהי נשמה שנתת בי תהוריי אתה בראתה יצרת אתה נפחת בי ואתה משמרה בקרבי ואתה עתיד לתלה ממני ולהחזיר בי לעתיד לבוא יהודה, ומה שבטוח שטוב לך שמה אחרת לא היית מוסיף לך איך אלינו ביום ולילה אהוב שלנו, דש מלמטה ובזכותך אומרים כל בוקר אלוהי נשמה בכוונה, ולא נשכח אותך, כי לנו היית במתנה. אדוני אלוהי ואלוהי אבותיי, ריבון כל המעשים, אדון כל הנשמות, ריבון כל המעשים. When you sing the same note over and over again And you wonder when will this note change Or will it ever end Then you realize something you may not have realized before That when the chords are changing You're just not the same note anymore
Sometimes you may feel like one little note who's insignificant Then the chords behind you start to change, you'll start feeling different So when you put yourself in Claudius throw, you'll start to hear that song And even though you're only one little note, your note becomes so strong International Education and Training Department at Yad Vashem for joining us today to have a very interesting discussion on the Holocaust education and uh, what today's world is going through and, of course, the summer programs that he has for educators. Uh, you can reach him at Moshe.Kohn, C-O-H-N, at Yad Vashem.org.il. Great programming continues all day long right here on the network. Um, and uh, Nachum will be back tomorrow morning with JM in the AM at 6 a.m. Eastern Time on uh, on the network. Great programming all week long. I uh, and thank you also for Connor Julian for today's news. To Connor Julian for today's news, much appreciated. And thanks everyone for listening. I uh, will hope you have a great week, a great Shabbos, and we'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network.
You've been listening to Matis Weingast and JM Sunday on NahumSiegel.com right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.